Hello, and welcome to WaveScan. This is WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. The opening music you heard here a few moments ago was the National Anthem of Bhutan, a small and independent kingdom on the edge of the high Himalaya mountains between India and China. That rendition of their national anthem was taken from a postage stamp that was issued by Bhutan on April 15, 1973. That is correct, a postage stamp, though quite strange. Actually, Bhutan issued a set of seven genuine postage stamps back then, each of which was a plastic recording that was playable as a gramophone recording at the familiar speed of 33 and a third RPMs. Well, in our program today, we're going to take you to the early shortwave scene in the landlocked Asian kingdom of Bhutan. WaveScan was researched and written in Indiana by Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 749 for release on Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. And early July 4th greetings to those celebrating Independence Day in the United States. On Wayscan today, the early shortwave scene in Bhutan, Wandering the World with a Radio, Part 5, Oddities in Early Australian Radio, and our Japan DX Report. Back during the year 1973, the Civil Wireless Authority in Bhutan obtained seven sets of low-powered radio equipment from the Bharat Manufactory in Bangalore, India. Each pair, a Morse code transmitter and a shortwave radio receiver, was set up in regional locations throughout Bhutan. The headquarters station for their new communication network was installed in a two-story cement building on a knoll at Taba, towards the northern edge of Timpu City and just off the main arterial road, Norzin Lam. Here's Ray Robinson now with the early shortwave scene in Bhutan. Thanks, Jeff. The transmitter for the capital city unit of the new communication radio network was a 300-watt model BC610, a leftover American-made unit from World War II that was based on the American Hallicrafters model HT4. The main receiver was an RCA14 tube set model AR88. Around that same time, in 1973, half a dozen young people, some of whom were related to the extended royal family, organised themselves as NYAB, the National Youth Association of Bhutan. They approached Princess Deshen Wangmo, and she agreed to be the president of the new NYAB. And they also approached the Government Secretariat for Communications, which approved the use of the main communication transmitter during free time for the broadcast of radio programming. A businessman from Switzerland, Turi Kirsten, was resident in Timpu, and he ran a food shop under the name of the Swiss Bakery. 
He was also a competent radio engineer and he modified the Morse code BC610 transmitter for use in the broadcast of radio programming. The very first radio broadcast in Bhutan occurred on the evening of Monday the 11th of November 1973 and it was transmitted over that modified low-power shortwave transmitter. That now historic radio broadcast went unheralded at the time and it was not announced in advance to the international radio world. No radio monitors across the border in India were aware of the inauguration of that unique radio broadcasting station. No one in other nearby countries was even cognizant of the station's existence. It's probable that the number of people within Bhutan itself who actually tuned into that inaugural broadcast was very small indeed. It's thought that very few people in Bhutan even owned radio receivers at that time, and use of the shortwave bands for programme entertainment would have been understood by very few people living out in the villages. Even ten years later, there were still only 10,000 radio receivers in the whole country. Initially, radio station NYAB was operating from very temporary facilities in the same two-storey, natural-colour cement building that was used for Morse code communication throughout Bhutan. A small office and a recording room were on the ground floor, and the second floor contained the electronic equipment. Due to electricity fluctuations, the 300-watt transmitter was emanating around just 100 watts, and the chosen frequency was 7040 kHz in the standard 40-meter amateur radio band. Their first antenna was a simple long wire running up the side of the building. It's perhaps surprising that amateur radio operators in India and elsewhere didn't become aware of these intruder broadcasts in the amateur radio band and lodge complaints. A shortwave channel was chosen by the staff at Radio NYAB because shortwave achieves better coverage in the high mountainous terrain and low river valleys where medium wave signals would fail to penetrate. Initially, programming was on the air for only an hour or more on Sundays, and it was made up of local and American music, regional and international news, and local information for country dwellers. The newsreader was Paujor Dorji, and his Irish-born wife Louise was the secretary who issued all of the QSL letters and cards. Louise was a prolific author of books for Bhutanese children. When announcer Paljor Dorji began his inaugural broadcast, he casually announced the new standard time for Bhutan, and suddenly people throughout Bhutan had to move all their clocks and watches forward half an hour. Now, as we said, the first broadcast from Radio NYAB was on November the 11th, 1973, and for a lengthy eight months, the international radio world was unaware of its existence. However, it so happened that Swedish-born NYAB staff member Mrs. Birgitta Dorji was visiting her parents in Vaxio, Sweden. It was through Birgitta Dorji that word was passed on to Arnie Skoog at the very popular international DX program Sweden Calling DXers in Stockholm, as heard each week from the shortwave service of Radio Sweden. He it was who passed on to the international radio world the startling news that there was already a new shortwave station on the air in a new radio country. And the international radio world knew nothing about it. That was back in August 1974. Well, that's the fascinating story of the inauguration of Radio NYAB, the station that called itself the smallest radio station in the world. They opened each Sunday broadcast with the sound of a cuckoo clock chiming away with the new standard time for Bhutan. 
We'll have more about the radio scene in Bhutan in a future edition. Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Now we have part five of Adrian Peterson's Wandering the World with a Radio, oddities in early Australian radio. Radio historians in the United States are aware that there were many oddities in early American radio history, sometimes strange events on the air or unexpected radio events or odd twists of fate or even unexplained circumstances on the part of some radio people. Oddly enough, the Australian radio scene also underwent some of those same early Quigley experiences. Here's Ray Robinson now with part five of Wandering the World with a Radio. Thanks, Jeff. Adrian writes, Back in those pre-war days during the 1920s and 1930s, radio stations in Australia were mostly on the air for short periods of just a few hours each day, generally when the operators considered most listeners were likely to be tuned in. Cases are known where announcers were explaining with vivid elaboration some event that had just occurred, but although the station was on the air, the microphone was not connected or not switched on. There were occasions also when equipment would break down and the station was off the air for some time. By the late 1930s, if a station was off the air for a while, the local newspapers would mention it and give the calls as to what had happened. In 1923, the Australian government started issuing listener licences in what was called the Sealed Set Scheme. Receivers were sealed to receive only one station, and a licence fee was paid to that station. Back then, there were just seven sealed set stations on the air, and they were 2SB, later 2BL, and 2FC in Sydney, 3AR and 3LO in Melbourne, 5CL in Adelaide, 6WF in Perth, and 7ZL in Hobart. The scheme only lasted for one year because many people worked out how to avoid the licence fee simply by modifying their sets to receive all stations, or alternatively, they learned how to build their own receivers. The first radio broadcast in Australia took place not in Sydney, as some historians suggest, but rather in Perth, Western Australia. It was in October 1918 when Walter Coxon placed a homemade transmitter and a homemade receiver at the opposite ends of the 35-acre Claremont Showgrounds during the Royal Perth Show in Western Australia. For five days, Coxon transmitted recorded music across the showgrounds to the wonderment of the surprised show visitors. Three country radio stations in Australia received much of their programming from studios located in the state capital city, not in their country town. Stations 2GZ in Orange and 2KA in Katoomba, both in the state of New South Wales, received most of their live programming from their own studios located in Sydney. And country station 5RM in Renmark, South Australia, received most of its live programming from a studio co-sited with 5DN in Adelaide, on the 10th floor of the CML building on King William Street. In the pre-war years, a total of 24 radio towers fell for various reasons, some of which were located in each state in Australia, thus putting each station temporarily off the air. When the tower at 3WR in Shepparton fell across the nearby railway line in 1934, railway traffic was temporarily interrupted. Subsequently, that same radio tower was installed at 3UL in Warragul. 
Back in 1936, radio station 2CA in Canberra acted as flight control for aeroplanes flying between Sydney, New South Wales and Melbourne, Victoria. Scheduled programming from 2CA was interrupted while communication was maintained with each passing aeroplane. Radio station 3AK in Melbourne was licensed to operate only during the nights when all other radio stations in Australia were off the air. They were the first station to broadcast a bulletin of news daily early each morning before they closed down and they read the news from a newspaper that was tied by rope to the studio window each morning. Radio station 6WF in the Australian Farmers Building on Wellington Street in Perth, Western Australia, bought and installed a 10 kilowatt transmitter they'd purchased from Radio Luxembourg in 1936. An unemployed workman bought a half-hour time slot on station 3DB in Melbourne to promote himself seeking work in 1932. Two radio stations operated for a few years from stationary railway trains in Australia at a different location each week. Station 2XT with 500 watts on 1175 kHz travelled the railway system in New South Wales from 1925 to 1927 and Station 3YB with 50 watts on 1060 kHz travelled the railway system in Victoria from 1932 to 1935. And in the pre-war years, a total of nine medium-wave stations also used shortwave transmitters for the relay of their programming. These stations were in Sydney, 2BL, 2FC and 2UW, in Melbourne, 3LO, 3AR, 3DB and 3UZ, in Adelaide, 5AD and in Perth, 6WF. Back to you, Jeff. Thanks, Ray. Let's go over now to Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo with our Japan DX report. Hello and welcome to the DX Report of the Month from Japan Shortwave Club, edited by Toshi Otake and Amyuki Kutsuji. We have several DX reports from our club members this week. Radio NUG via Paochun, Taiwan, was heard on 11940 kHz on June 4th from the sign-on at 1400 to the sign-off at 1430 UTC in Burmese. SIO rating was 353. ID in English was given at 1400, then talk program by a female announcer in Burmese started. Local song was played at 1418. Radio Thailand was heard on 17640 kHz on June 4th from the sign-on at 0500 to the sign-off at 0530 UTC in English. SIO rating was 353. National news was broadcast, followed by global news at 05.15 and business news at 05.25. TWR via Davaya, UAE, was received on 21735 kHz on June 8th from 10.59 with interval signal to the sign-off at 11.30 UTC in English. SIO rating was 353. The programs heard were Gospel Songs, Creation Moment at 11.08, Bread of Life at 11.15. This was the temporary broadcasting from Dabaya, UAE. Radio Saudi International was heard on 9695 kHz on June 9th from 1530 
to the sign-off at 1557 UTC in Pashito. SI rating was 343. Talk program and the Arabian song were on the air. BBC World Service via Dushanbe, Tajikistan, was heard on 9390 kHz on June 2nd from 1706 to 1740 UTC. SIO rating was 544. After repeating the station ID as This is the BBC until 1730, the regular Korean program was resumed. Radio Romania International was heard on 15130 kHz on June 6 from 1535 to the sign off at the 1557 UTC in Arabic. SIO rating was 353. Talk program and Romanian music were aired. The parallel frequencies were 15160 and 11830 kHz. Radio France International was received on 21690 kHz on May 30th from the sign on at 1200 to 1210 UTC in French. SIO rating was 251. ID was given at 1200, then a talk program by a mail announcer started. Vatican Radio via Tarata Boronondori, Madagascar. Was heard on 13830 kHz on June 4th from the sign on at 1559 with interval signal to 1620 UTC in Somali. SIO rating was 343. ID was given at 1600, then a talk program by a female announcer started. Radio Havana, Cuba was received on 15140 kHz on June 2nd from 1158 to 1210 UTC in Spanish. SIO rating was 353. Talk program was broadcast until 1200, then jingle and ID were heard, followed by a talk program by a male and female announcers. Finally, Japan Shortwave Club will issue the QSO cards for the correct reports on our segment of WaveScan program. We are issuing QSO cards by email to the report sent by email. Our address for your email report is jswcqsl.live.jp. I repeat, jswcqsl.live.jp. We continue to issue the printed QSO card by the same system as before. Your report should be addressed to JSWC PO Box 44 Kamakura, which is K A M A K U R A, postal code 248-8691, Japan. One ILC or two US dollars for return postage will be appreciated. For this edition of DX Report, we'd like to thank Mr. Yoshiaki Hayashi, Mr. Iwao Nagatani, Mr. Chiaki Shimada, and Mr. Kazuaki Oikawa for sharing the information with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us for our next edition of DX Report of Japan Shotub Club. I'm Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo. Finally, some very important and quite sad news to report on WaveScan. 
One of the stations that regularly broadcast this program had its final transmission on the night of June 25th. If you had tuned to 9975 kHz at midnight UTC June 26th, you would have heard Ray Robinson announcing the opening of the station's last broadcast. KVOH, Voice of Hope for the Americas, is now opening transmission on 9975 kHz shortwave from Rancho Simi, California. A full program schedule is on our website at www.voiceofhope.com. First up tonight, after the top of the hour, is this week's edition of AWR's WaveScan. That's right, the station was KVOH in Rancho Simi in the Los Angeles area of California. 38 years after it first went on the air, KVOH went silent. The victim of extremely high electricity rates in Southern California, which made it not viable to continue transmissions. The station's CEO, John Taylor, and his wife, Heather, did a special live broadcast during the final hour and a half at 0400 till just after 0530 UTC. You've tuned to KVOH, Rancho Simi, Los Angeles. I'm John Taylor, and Heather Taylor's in the studio with me live, and this is a very special day. It really is, John. We are so uh, honored to be with you tonight and that you are listening to KVOH, the voice of hope. And some of our listeners may or may not know that uh, I am the daughter of the founder of this radio station. His name was George Otis. And many years ago, John, many decades ago, uh, the Lord called him to um, establish this radio station here in uh, Southern California on a particular place at a particular time um, due to his vision from the Lord specifically to put this station on the air. And it really, really mattered to him that this would – it would cast the net – as it were, uh, uh, of the gospel net out to all those in the listening audience that were sad, were lonely, were brokenhearted. Uh, And that's why this radio station was created and why he tapped my father on the shoulder and said, you know, put that radio station there and put it there now. Yeah, there was an urgency to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to play something for our audience tonight. Uh, it really goes back almost uh, 30, 38 years when he spoke that vision, but I'd like you to hear it and catch that vision with us this evening. This is our last broadcast of KVOH, the voice of hope for the Americas. And so you've tuned in at a very special time. Here's George Otis. Suddenly into my mind, God spoke a dream. It just came, the most beautiful dream And he said, I want you to declare tonight that there shall be a powerful voice, a voice of hope, telling about the soon coming of Jesus. The hope, the voice of hope indeed. Only with a million and a half watts to drive out the good news to the four corners of the world. And with this new huge station, God said, I will launch a vital awakening in Mexico and Cuba and Central and South America and many other countries as millions will listen night and day you'll have a pulpit god said from which to announce the eminent coming of my kingdom to all nations and in november 1986 high adventure ministries birthed a new world-class radio station 
KVOH, Los Angeles, California, broadcasting in both the English and Spanish languages. But there is one bit of good news. The Voice of Hope will continue to broadcast from its shortwave station in Zambia, Voice of Hope Africa, on 4965-6065-9680 and 11680 kHz. And from its 50,000-watt medium-wave station in Israel, Voice of Hope Middle East, on 1287 kHz. And you can continue to hear Ray Robinson each week here on WaveScan which, by the way, is also broadcast on Voice of Hope Africa. Well, we love you all. Thank you for uh, being with us. This is the last broadcast, and if you'd like to write to us, uh, uh, write to mail at voiceofhope.com. That's mail at voiceofhope.com. Last word. And you know what? We want to just pray for you as we leave tonight. And Lord, for the souls that are listening tonight, Lord, let no one go to sleep tonight without saying yes to the Savior, King Jesus. If it was for a single soul tonight, it was so worth it. And that is what we're about. And Jesus is about that. And I pray that the hope, who's not just a wish, but a person, has come into your life and lit it up tonight because he is the resurrection and the life. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Jesus is Lord. Norte America, Centro America, Sur America, España y las Islas del Caribe. Aquí nos unimos todos. KBOH, Los Ángeles. Penetrando el reino del maligno y desatando su autoridad en el nombre de Jesús. Esta es Voz de Vida para las Américas, KBOH, Los Ángeles, California, de Norteamérica. This is the Voice of Hope. KVOH, Rancho Simi, Los Angeles, the United States of America, broadcasting on frequency 9975 kilohertz in the 31-meter band. From Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. For the final time, KVOH, Voice of Hope for the Americas, is now closing down. The very last moments there of KVOH from the night of June 25th, 2023. When you care enough to listen to the very best, we're the voice of hope. KVOH, Los Angeles, California. And we end WaveScan today with music from Bhutan. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the radio scene on the Caribbean island of Dominica. American portable stations. 
and our Philippine DX report. WaveScan is heard weekly on KSDA in Guam. EWR relays in various locations, WRMI in Florida, WWCR in Tennessee, Voice of Hope Africa in Zambia, and IRRS Italy. Sound reception reports directly to the station you're listening to. Reports for KSDA and AWR sites should go to qsl at awr.org. Other correspondence, not reception reports, can be sent to wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone. Yeah.